What's going on, everybody? This is the Back Row Bengals Sports Podcast. I am your host, Josh Miller. You can find me all over the place. You can find me at the Degenerate L1 on Twitter. You can find all my blogs at the College Essential Blog. That is mainly for sports gambling and lines and anything that has to do with the sports news. You can find me on Barstool Cincinnati if you want to keep updated with the University of Cincinnati and uh, the athletics at UC. But tonight, we are talking about the Bengals. Uh, so my, I was about seven minutes into the recording of this episode and my computer decided to crash. So now I got to completely restart because for some reason I can't add on sound to, uh, a sound recording. If it stopped, once it stopped, that's it. It's over. So uh, now I need to go back and I don't have any editing software either because my computer is so old and, uh, it has a lot of, uh, a lot of viruses. So I can't even download anything really. And um, I get, like right now, I just got a pop up from Bite Fence and how annoying they are. So I'm gonna go ahead and completely restart. So uh, I ran a poll earlier today talking about what uh, what did everybody want to hear in this week's episode, and it was uh, voted on four times. Not to brag, uh, but the uh, overwhelming votes were for me talking about the offensive line. So I'm going to keep doing stuff like that because I, I want you guys to hear what you want to hear, what you want me to talk about. So um, I, I'll keep putting out polls, and, and I want you guys to answer, and I want you guys to comment and and uh, you know tell me if I'm being stupid or wrong or if you agree with my opinion. Just I, I want to hear everything that has to do with it. At any rate, so we're going to talk about the offensive line. So last year the, off, uh, the offensive line for the Cincinnati Bengals was, was – Probably their second uh, worst deficiency, probably uh, behind linebacker. Uh, many will say that to flip them, that that offensive line was their worst, and linebacker was their second worst. However, um, they uh, the offensive line was not good. was was not good last year. So what do the Bengals do? They they go out and they sign Xavier Suofilo, who is I think is going to be a ball player. I think he's going to be pretty good. They have Jonah Williams coming. Uh, back coming off of injury in his rookie year, didn't even play his rookie year. So basically, we're going to we got two first round draft picks, and a lot of people want to hate on the Bengals for not going early uh, in the in the draft at offensive line and said you know got T Higgins, Logan Wilson, and then and then later got Akeem Adeniji in the sixth round. But uh, what people don't really understand is that we're basically getting two first round draft picks this year. Jonah Williams was uh, ninth overall uh, to, uh, last year, and then we got Joe Burrow at number one overall. So you just got two first round picks coming back this year. So what would, what would be the point of wasting not wasting but drafting an offensive lineman really high when linebacking was really probably our biggest deficiency um, on the Bengals as a as a unit as in total. Uh, the linebacking core was was god awful this year. We talked about it last uh, last week, and uh, they were just and, and they were bad. So the offensive line does does deserve a good amount of the slack that they got. Uh, but now, so now it's time to move forward with it, right? You can't dwell on the past. Last season's over. So the Bengals basically they new offensive line coming out next year is going to be forty percent different. Than it was last year, forty percent different. With adding Jonah Williams, who's going to start, and Xavier Suofilo, who's also going to start. Uh, I think you're going to put Jonah Williams over on the left tackle, and you're going to put Xavier Suofilo right guard. And I, um, 
I really, I really think that they are going to be better than what people are saying. And the reason I say that is because even though last year they were pretty bad at the start and, uh, you know, towards the middle, they, they were pretty bad. But towards the end of the season, the, the offensive line really started to kind of gel together. They started to get better, started working more as a unit. So when you have that, uh, the the pressure uh, on Andy Dalton last year and Ryan Finley last year was, was significantly lower than it was at the start of the season. And uh, I think the final percentage of dropbacks that were pressured was uh, 29%. Andy Dalton was pressured 29 on 29% of his dropbacks. Now, a lot of it, I mean, I know that's just pass that's just pass protecting. We're not even talking about run blocking on that one, which there were a lot of times where Joe Mixon just had to make a play just by being an athlete to get a first down or get a touchdown or get significant yardage because the offensive line would just blow up. He, I mean, he would have like no time to make a move. But this year it's going to be forty percent different, and then on, on top of that, another year under the same offensive line coach. So now there's going to be better chemistry, uh, better trust, which is huge, and they're going to really start to gel together. So I, I don't really understand why they're still getting flat. Why the Bengals are still getting flack for a really bad offensive line when it's going to be really new. Now it is going to be incredibly, incredibly new if they go out and go get Larry Warford. I think that would be a a why I, I mean I, I I think that's a no brainer. I think you at least have to put an offer out on the table for him. I mean he can come here. He's a Pro Bowler. He got released by the Saints. I mean you you got to at least put out um you know an offer to him. You got to at least say something to him. You can't you can't let him go, especially if you're trying to f- sell this vision of what the Bengals are gonna be, and you want to attract all these great players, and you want to be th- like a place to come to. You got to put the money out on the table. Cincinnati is a small market team, and right now, I mean, we just went two and fourteen. It's gonna be hard to attract players. So what you got to do is you got to put the money out there. You got to overpay. It's what the Bengals did this off season with their defense. They overpaid on players. They overpaid on Von Bell. They overpaid on Trey Waynes. However, you're gonna get significant and good and solid talent and solid minutes out of those two guys. You're gonna get solid and significant plays out of um, DJ Reader. You're going to get solid plays out of Xavier Sulafilo. So why why not go get him? Let's complete this rebuild. Let's 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 really complete the rebuild. And then also on top of this, the Bengals drafted uh, Akeem Adeniji who they saw at the senior Pro Bowl. He's out of Kansas. They just love him. They, they, they said that he has he him compared to every other offensive line at the Pro Bowl, he was just second to none. He just really, he just really like stood head and shoulders above everybody. Now I know he's coming from Kansas. That's not exactly a winning program, and I think that's a big thing that people like just knowing how to win. He was a captain. He did lead the team, and and they're saying that he's a great locker room guy, which is what the Bengals need. They need a locker room guy to keep that locker room together. Because when you go two and fourteen, when you go two and fourteen, you don't. You, the locker room starts to break down. I mean, hell, look at the Browns. I mean, they they went six and ten in the middle of the year. They just broke. They just broke, which was great to see as a Bengals fan. It really was. So having that locker room guy and having a captain is 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 great. It, it, it's really it's huge for uh, huge for Cincinnati. I think he's gonna get some. I think he's gonna get some snaps. Now he is gonna fight it out with Bobby Hart and Fred Johnson on the right tackle. 
so that's competition. That's three guys all fighting for that right tackle spot. And one of them being a fairly new guy in Akeem and Energy. So he's going to have more energy. He's going to, you know, he, he's looking for a new regime. I mean, the Bengals are going to be really young next year. A lot of their playmakers are going to be really young. Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, Logan Wilson. They're supposed to be impact players day one. And they're going to be young. And you can throw Akeem and Energy into that. They think he's going to be an impactful player day one, and I think he's going to get some minutes. He's going to have some, he's going to have some snaps. He's going to get shown what to do. So, it, it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens on the right tackle. I think, I think Trey Hopkins can can really play center. I, I think he, uh, him and Auden Tate are the two most underrated talents on the Bengals right now i think trey hawkins can really hold his own he's a great locker room guy he's great with communication um i listened to hear that podcast ground uh with paul dana jr and jay morrison from the athletic and they had a interview with ryan callahan uh the offensive coordinator and i was listening to how they ran their uh um how they're running their zoom meetings and basically what they're doing is they're having joe burrow uh, they're having the entire offense on a Zoom call. Everybody's mic is muted except for Joe Burrow and Trey Hopkins. Now, uh, Zach Taylor is muted, but he's able to talk to Joe Burrow. So he'll s- it signal in the play. Then Joe Burrow will have to signal it to Trey Hopkins, and then Trey Hopkins has to signal it to the offensive line. And apparently that's going very well. They're gelling together. They're communicating They're communicating really well. Getting having the assignment correct is half of the battle, and then it's then it's talent. You have to be in the right place at the right time in order to make the right play. So if the Bengals can just do that next year, if they can just be in the right spot for eighty to ninety percent of the plays, then they're going to be a significantly better offensive line, significantly better. So now here's a question: What do you do with a Kamen Energy? What do you do? I, I, so, I mean, this is not the Marvin, Marvin Lewis Bengals that we've been accustomed to that the rookies don't necess, don't really play that often. This is, a, this is a new regime. This is new. Zach, this is Zach Taylor, who you know coaches the Bengals very differently. And I'm excited to see how this team is going to be. I mean, his team last year, ups and downs. Um, you know, just like, just in and out. It's it's been it'll be hard it's gonna be hard for them to uh, really kind of like get back or where am I going with this? Basically, what I'm trying to say is he had he had a rough first season first season, but that was expected. That was expected. And also, what happened this season basically led us to drafting Joe Burrow. So it kind of works out. Now, now this is his season to show that he's worth the coaching. And now it's going to be interesting to see because he has such young talent, such young talent. And with Akeem Adeniji, uh, they're going to, where do you plug him in at? I think you can move him around. I think he's going to be very versatile. I don't think you just have to have him at right tackle. I think, I mean, if he doesn't win the competition between Bobby Hart and Fred Johnson, I think you can move him around. I think you move him over to the uh, left guard or right guard and, um, you can see if, if he can play inside. So, so it, it's going to be interesting to see uh, one of his knocks 
from the combine is he does he does stand a little too tall and he doesn't get his hands out as quickly. He's gonna have to learn how to do that. He's gonna have to learn how to fix that. He's gonna have to learn under Jim under uh, Jim Turner and how to really get under under the pads. So I really don't. So okay. So now the Bengals' offensive line, just with that, just just with this offseason, has gotten significantly better. You have to go out and go get Larry Warford. Even if they don't, they still got significantly better. They're gelling. They're getting better. Um, you're seeing progression. That's a good thing. You're seeing progression. With the Zoom calls, basically, from what I'm hearing, is is all good things. Is that is that they're really kind of gelling together. Now we need to get them out. We need to get them out on the field. Uh, but I mean, it's, it's, I'm, I'm interested to see how this is, uh, this is going to play out, but I think it's going to play out for the better. And I, I think personally, I think the Bengals offensive line is going to be much better than the national narrative that it is right now. So that's my, uh, take on the offensive line for right now. Um, what do you do with Billy Price? I mean, that's a question that needs to get answered. What do you do with Billy Price? So he came in the league uh, from Ohio State. Uh, he had some injury problems his rookie year. He did start, but he had some injury problems. When he came back, he was just not up to par. He couldn't get out on the field. He couldn't play center. He, he, he couldn't play guard. He, he was just standing on the sideline. We, we, if we're looking for, I mean, he's, he's a, a first-round draft pick. Your first-round draft picks are supposed to be starters by now this i mean this is his third year he's supposed to be a starter the Bengals had a chance to trade him to the cowboys and i think that was the right decision they should have done that but they didn't so now so now you still now you still have him so what do you do what are you doing gonna do with billy price billy price really just wasn't up to par so what do you do do you trade him i i, I mean i i don't think that's totally out of the realm of possibility I mean, I mean he's he's got to perform this year. They decided not to trade him, okay? So he's here. He really, I mean, he needs to perform this year. If he doesn't perform this year, I, I don't see why they would renew his contract. I mean, he was he was twenty eighteen, so his is yeah. This will be uh, twenty 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 one season. So this will be his his uh, <clears throat> next season and his third season. I mean, do you re-up on that? Do you trade him if he doesn't play out the par? Do you release him? I mean, that would be a big hit against the front office if their 2018 first-round draft pick got released after, you know, before his fourth, you know, his fourth year was even up. I mean, that, that's really bad. But he can't play. He just can't. Now, do I think he can blossom into something really good? I do. But he, I don't know if it's the direction, the setting. Maybe he just needs a new setting. I mean, we're, we're, we've seen that. People, guys revitalize their career after moving some places. But he's not getting it done in Cincinnati. And I, 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 don't, I definitely don't see him starting over Trey Hopkins anytime soon. I think Trey Hopkins is, is a very good ball player. I think he's going to be the Bengals starting center. So, I mean, do you, do you move him over to right? You can't move him over to right guard because now uh, Xavier Suofilo is over there. Do you move him to left? Does he still sit? I mean, he he can't sit. We can't we can't have a first round draft pick whiff that badly. We're already whiffed on John Ross. Don't even 
get me started how how much we whipped on him. Again, John Ross has a chance to revitalize his career next year. He did play better last year. But what are we going to do with that? I don't know. We need to find an answer for Billy Price and um right now I just I just don't know I just don't know what that answer is. Okay, I saw this on Twitter um uh earlier today right before I started the show. Uh, there's a headline that was uh, sent out by, I believe, uh, Paul Dano Jr. of The Athletic. Uh, I'm going to have to take a look at that to uh, make sure that I'm right on that. But apparently Chad uh, Johnson is going to be working with T. Higgins uh, for some private workouts. And personally, I think that's great. I think finally we can get him out and you can get him with probably one of the best receivers of all time in, C- in Cincinnati history. I mean, and you know, T. Higgins is going to have the eight is going to have eighty five, and you know, to you know, a lot of NFL franchises, you know, it's just a number. But in Cincinnati, eighty five means something. You have to be really good to be eighty five. You got Chad Johnson, you got Tyler Eifert, now you got T. Higgins, and a lot of people are, are comparing T. Higgins to Chad Johnson. And if if Chad Johnson can really help him out uh, with you know his footwork. His uh, his his speed, his his ability to beat corners in the NFL as compared to college. I I, th- I think this is this is a great this is a great idea. Now, do I think Chad Johnson deserves to be deserves to uh, have a you know role in the Cincinnati coaching staff? I don't know, probably not. Uh, but I wouldn't be against it. You want to have players who played for your organization. Come back, cause again, it, it's almost like it's almost like recruiting. So again, I know I keep I I'll always use this. I I am a student at the University of Cincinnati, and with Luke Fickle's recruiting has been has been off the charts. If you follow the Bearcats, uh, but one of the biggest recruiters for UC is Travis Kelsey, huge big time recruiter. Uh, he was here for the uh, when they um, honored the two thousand nine. The 2009 team that went undefeated, he went over and he talked to the recruits. He records videos of himself watching the Bearcats. So, I mean, honestly, I mean, that's a big, that's big time. So now you have Chad Johnson, who's 3.2 million followers on Twitter, uh, Bengals all timer, and he's he's trying to work with your receivers. You want that? You want players to say good things about your organization? I mean, you have cars. Okay, by the way, I'm going to go on a quick Carson Palmer rant. It won't last that long. Carson Palmer had a plethora of talent around him. He had Chad Johnson. He had, <clears throat> excuse me, he had Chad Johnson. He had TJ Hushmanzada. He had, he had um, just, he had an incredible defense around him. And what he had uh, uh, Chris Henry. Uh, he had, he had so much talent around him. And he is all over the Bengals organization for not surrounding him with talent. That is BS. That is BS. The reason that the Bengals didn't succeed is because Carson Palmer couldn't do his job. It's because he couldn't do his job. All right, I'm done with that. However, so now like we're getting we're getting players that want to come back and help and build the organization. You want that. It's the same reason why we should have a ring of honor. And so players want to come back. They can't come back. Have the chance to come back. You want that. You don't want your former players trashing your organization. And the Bengals have seen that. 
So now, now we have one of our best receivers of all time working with the our rookie wide receiver T Higgins, and that and that's and that's great. And he's challenging all the Bengals receivers to one on ones and and doing a lot of interactions. And you know, during when he was uh, when Joe Burrow got drafted, did a whole video about uh, the city of Cincinnati and how it's great and how he how he wound up at the right spot. Incredible, love it, love it. So the Bengals need to build off of that. They do. That's just that's the new thing now. You need to build off your nostalgia. You want to have players wanting to come here. At any rate, um, so T Higgins to work out with Chad Johnson gonna be that's great. Love it. Um, I want the I personally I want all the receivers to be working with him, uh, just because maybe you know not so much as a coach, but I mean he's had he has experience. He has experience beating corners. His experience using his using his feet, best footwork in the National Football League when he played, best footwork. He was great. So we're gonna see what goes on with that. All right, I am out of time. I uh, I have to go to work. Uh, remember, interview tomorrow with Dan Horde. So excited about to give him an email. Make sure he's still good to go with that. Uh, I am your host, Josh Miller. Uh, it will probably be released on Wednesday. Because I am going on vacation Thursday morning and I'm going to be running all over the place. So I probably won't be able to release it on Thursday. So I'm going to probably release it on Wednesday because I talked to him. I talked to Dan uh, Wednesday at 2 o'clock. So I can't wait to talk to him. Uh, definitely uh, give a follow, listen, like, subscribe, the whole nine yards. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening and uh, have a good day. I'll see you guys later. Bye.